Hello, everybody. We're doing another Safari Mike's Planet Watch. Um, the Planet Watch might be going extinct, but this podcast won't be. We are talking today about fish. We've done rhinos. We've done, you know, some other animals, parrots, etc. But today we are talking about fish. And for the first time in Safari Mike's Planet Watch history, Dave is joining us. Hello, Dave. Hi. I'm only here because I find this story fascinating and I may have questions. All right, so we'll get to the we'll get to the fascinating part later. Later, but let's talk about the species of fish real quick in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Dave, what species of fish come to your mind when discussing Animal Kingdom? Disney's Animal Kingdom. Clownfish? No. No. Well, they're not. That's not really a fish. That's a puppet. Um, <laughs> big catfish. The one in Discovery Island. Big catfish. Yes, that's the prune shark catfish. We'll talk about that. What's the other one? Those little ones in the hippos? You got it. What it's are they the called? Chicklets. Ch- I couldn't think. One of, of the most fascinating things about chicklets is there are at somewhere between two thousand and three thousand species discovered so far. They don't what? even they don't even know how many there are. It's incredible. Most of them are in Lake Victoria, which is the largest tropical lake in um, in the world. I um, mean, there are bigger lakes like the Great Lakes in, in the United States, but in terms of tropical lake, that is the biggest. And chicklids love the tropics. They are only found in mostly America, but they are found in southern United States, Central America, and South America as well. They don't swim deep. They're they're usually confined to the upper portion portion of the lake, um, which means that um, you know you could they're easily catchable. Catchable, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Chicklets also have teeth in their throat, Ew. which is odd. Um, do you have a pair of teeth in your throat, Dave? Uh, no, but my dogs do. Every species of chicklet has two pairs of te- a pair of teeth in their throat. That's amazing. Um, although, however, they are mar- mostly herbivores, meaning they eat plant life. Um, wow. Chicklets actually primarily eat algae. That's their big. That's their big go-to, and they're also very good parents. They stay by the eggs. They defend the eggs and all that really? kind of stuff. Yep. So, like marlin. Finally, as we told you before at the beginning of this, there are about two thousand to three thousand species of chicklets. Nobody really knows how many there are, but what they do know is that probably several hundred have already gone extinct because wow. of overfishing and you know pollution in Lake Victoria. Um, Lake Victoria itself has, oh, well, Africa has over a thousand different types of chicklets. Most of them are found in Lake Vic, uh, Lake Victoria. Um. Anyway, so I have a question about. I have a question about the ones in Disney. Are they all the same species of it? They are not. So that's a variety, a potpourri of chick. Right, and, and they do say um, that they're from Lake Victoria, and they talk about there's a as a uh, an ex, uh, what am I looking for? A Placard. Yeah, there's a there's whatever a sign there. Yeah, sign. Thank you. Um, talking about Lake Victoria and the chiclet issue, uh, some of the species found in that in that aquarium, uh, are, I believe, are from Lake Malawali, which is also, I believe, in Uganda. I know Lake Victoria is, but Lake Malawali is not far from there. It's also a big lake and it has many different types of chiclets. Now, you want to talk about the other one? Yeah. All right. Let's go to the 
Perun Shark Catfish, which is located at um, the Oasis. No, sorry, Disney uh, Discovery Island. Right. Um, not far from where the otters are. There's a little pathway that leads up to them. They are a freshwater fish. They are part of the shark catfish family, and they are found only in Indochina. Oh, I didn't know that. Its population has Big. drastically declined, making it not only endangered, but critically endangered. Um, they are, as you can imagine, a, a fish that large would be involved in some of the um, ceremonies of, of the people who live there. Um, fishing of this particular species used to be accompanied by deep religious ceremonies and rites. It's often mentioned in textbooks and things like that, and it is also a popular food fish and marketed fish, which explains why it's critically endangered. Um, they True. sometimes fit, they sometimes appear in aquariums, but for the most part, they're overfished due to that. So that is the Perun catfish shark. I'm sure everybody has seen it. I uh, hope anyway. Yeah, if you haven't, go see it. It's yeah. on Discovery Island. It's got a neat little bridge you walk over. It's and it, they look below you. They're huge cameras. Now, Dave. If you went to a restaurant and you saw a gorilla steak or or rhino ribs, would you eat them? Would you I'd order be, that? I'd be appalled <laughs> by the very idea. And um, this is why I wanted to, to be here for this, because um, our father lives in, um, as those of you who don't know, Mike and I are brothers, and our father lives in Maine. And uh, he has gotten involved over the last few years. Uh, he's a boat captain. And he's gotten involved over the last few years in sort of the local um, politics and things like that up in his little tourist slash fishing village of uh, where he lives. And um, one of the things that has been absolutely fascinating to me over the last year of talking to him about some of these things is the extent to which the United States has overfished mm -hmm. and almost exterminated some incredibly popular fish from the wild. And some places in, especially the, the Atlantic coast, places that were born and, and, <laughs> and uh, grew out of the fishing industry are now unable to fish. Um, you know, Maine has the lobster industry and that's really all that's left up there because they have overfished things so much and it got me to thinking about um you know this very subject about how uh we seem to have so much focus on mammals that are mm -hmm. endangered and we take so much time to talk about it but man we are really doing a number on the oceans and i don't think and it's not just the stuff you think of like whales there are so many other animals under the seas that are uh, that we have just eaten to almost extinction sure. off the planet. So I'll let Mike continue. So I was just going to touch on some of them that you'd be shocked that are actually endangered, sometimes even critically endangered species that you're eating on a regular basis. And I say you because I don't like seafood. Uh, eating on a regular basis. Um, Throughout and any restaurant, really. Yeah. So jot them down, kids. Before you order this off the menu, take a listen. Here are some of them. <laughs> We're going to start with orange ruffy. Uh, that's not typically a yeah. very popular one, but 
it's interesting in that it takes a long time for the orange ruffy um, species to recover because they are, well, they can live to be 100 years old. And they don't mate often, and it's a slow maturation process. So when you eat an orange ruffy, you are doing a number on the species itself. It's more popular in other places than the U.S. But, yes. Um, it, but it, it, the U.S. has been um, a very large consumer of this fish. You see it used in a lot of different places. You just don't hear it called by that when you're eating it often. Right. Anyway, sorry. Mike, if you actually Google Orange Ruffy, uh, you get the Wikipedia page followed yeah. by the next question. What is the best way to cook an Orange Ruffy? <laughs> Really? Now, now imagine Googling elephants. Right, and how to cook it. And the first thing underneath the Wikipedia page is people also ask how is the best what is the best way to fillet elephant? <laughs> God. I mean that's that's where we are here. So <laughs> just an idea of uh of the uh the the, the, the uphill climb Mike has with this show. <laughs> <laughs> The other one, uh, the next one on my list is one we often eat, and that is haddock. <laughs> haddock is very popular. It's Now, it's not quite endangered. It is vulnerable, but it is listed as endangered in some other places. And it is um, one of the staples of fish to put in quotes sure. you know if you're having fish and sticks or fish and chips i mean and, right or 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 going to get a fillet of fish somewhere very likely this is one of the things you might be eating next one on my list is halibut which is also Another quite common one i, yeah. I mean this is amazing <laughs> the fishery is threatened to collapse uh, the fish are still very much in danger it's uh, the problem with the halibut is it, it you use bottom trawlers so you basically scrape the bottom of the ocean to get them. So you're not only killing a habit, but not, and and they're young, which are useless to the fishermen. Exactly. But other fish as well. Well, that can get us that can get us down a rabbit hole of a lot of things. Sure, here. but of um, course, yes. The way the way some fish are caught are uh, amazingly not only um, running the fishery itself into extinction, um, and basically fishing themselves out of business. Right. Um, but they're also fishing other fisheries out of business as they're doing it. So, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, well-thought-out um, um, <laughs> uh, ways to attack this sure. issue as we go on. Anyway. So the next one I want to talk about uh, briefly is one I'm sure many people have seen on menus and stuff is Atlantic Cod. Wow. For this centuries, one, this is the one that amazes me. For most. centuries, the North Atlantic cod was one of the largest and most reliable fisheries on Earth. However, after decades of overfishing, it has resulted in the, the population is almost zero. It is nearly extinct in the Atlantic. Fortunately, it is. I'm not sure. Fortunately is the right word, but in Iceland, it is quite common still. I don't think, Mike, it is too. Um too much of an exaggeration to say that we exist on this continent because of the codfish. The codfish is the reason why Europeans came here and stayed here mm -hmm. for any length of time leading up to the colonization. It is it was the 
prime fishery. It is the thing that fueled commerce in this country. I mean, before its existence and through the beginning of it. So to, to, to think that we would just fish this thing out of existence. Right. <laughs> it's well, we got a couple more. I this is the on one, this is the one Mike that, that this particular fish is the one that, um, that touched my mind on this. on most talking to people in new England about this, because again, that it was the basis by which this, country was made pretty much and we fished it out of existence and people people yet still eat it all the time go ahead another big one it's been highly endangered since 2000 not just because of fishing because of damming rivers and things like that which is the atlantic salmon which you know a lot of people eat salmon so um that one is approaching extinction as well yeah another one is sea bass a lot of people eat Chilean sea bass? Oh, that's a big one for a while. Yep, yeah, that's that was a, um, that was a hipster meal for a while there for sure. It is not only harvested illegally most often, mm-hmm. but also has high mercury counts. Incredible. So um, you might like it, but I would avoid eating it, and not just because it's right. endangered, but because it might hurt you. The last one I want to talk about was sturgeon. Uh, most people don't eat the sturgeon itself, except except they use it for caviar. So because of that, I mean, caviar is, according to this, 7,000 pounds on the black market. The sturgeon continues to be poached, and their numbers continue to decline consistently. So what happens to the rest of the sturgeon? Uh, they just discard it. So this is sort of along the lines of the uh, shark fin soup silliness. Sort of. Yeah, you yeah. cut off the shark fin and leave it to die in the just water. Leave right. it to drown in the water. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, very pleasant, um, but yeah, this is this is amazing to me. I, I cannot, <laughs> I I cannot for the life. And Mike, um, before before we wrap up and, yeah. and the information is all incredible, and we want to always take the time on the show to uh, to talk about this. There's got to be a ripple effect, right? I mean, we always, the, you know, the thing you always hear about on land is, you know, you get rid of the predators. And the prey could, could get too much or whatever, right? And then that destroys the Absolutely, ecosystem. I mean, that, I mean, that's got to be gonna destroy the ecosystem, especially bottom trawling that I discussed with the uh, halibut, where they just rake up the whole bottom. I mean, not only destroying halibut, but other deep sea, you know, bottom dwelling fish, right? And the plant life, algae, coral, whatever it is. Probably not coral because it's mo- that's cod's mostly in North Atlantic, but. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, fishing takes a tremendous toll on the ocean. Uh, we've gotten better at it, but as you can tell by... Not uh, much. Not much. But by, by, you can tell by not the list much. of fish that are highly endangered and that we're still eating on a regular basis. Um, and, and, and to be fair, there have been some fish farms where you can you know, get some of the stuff. But still, there's too much overfishing going on. And it, it, you know, the methodology really has not changed much. No, not much. You know, they they like to tell you that they're long lining or doing these things or like Mike said, trawling with big nets in the bottom and stuff, and that they're only catching what they need. But there's no way they can, and it just doesn't make any sense. But uh, anyway, so so that's the show. Thank you for listening. 